Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. I'm Alex Schwartz. I'm Nomi Fry. I'm Vincent Cunningham, and this is Critics at Large, a New Yorker podcast for the culturally curious. Each week, we're going to talk about a big idea that's showing up across the cultural landscape, and we'll trace it through all the mediums we love. Books, movies, television, music, art. And I always want to talk about celebrity gossip, too. Of course. We hope you'll join us for new episodes each Thursday. Follow Critics at Large today, wherever you get podcasts. Claire Fallon. And I'm Emma Gray. And this is Love to See It, an obsessively detailed recap podcast about reality dating shows like The Bachelor and other pop culture that makes us laugh, cry, and curse the patriarchy. We can't live with these shows and we can't live without them, but we can break down every juicy moment and unpack all the weird messages these shows send us about love, sex, and dating. Welcome to Love to See It, a podcast about being the leading lady of your own life. We're preparing for a couple weeks of relative peace and quiet, or whatever it is people go away for. But before we get there, we have another holiday rom-com to discuss. Yes, today we're diving into the Nancy Myers classic, The Holiday. And here to discuss this cozy, cream, cable-knit cashmere sweater of a film with us is Rachel Hampton, a culture writer at Slate and host of the ICYMI, in case you missed it, podcast. Rachel, thank you for joining us. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. We are so excited to have you. Um, Rachel, we initially bonded over our dual love of the So Bad It's Good TV (laughs) um, holiday movie, The Spirit of Christmas. So I knew that you would be just a perfect guest for this holiday (laughs) love-in series. (laughs) What is your relationship with holiday rom-coms in general? Like, have you always loved them? Did you come to this adoration, you know, in adulthood? Just tell us. Tell us about that. Yeah, I would love to give my my entire backstory. (laughs) Um, I feel like I always loved Christmas movies. Like, the Rankin-Bass stop-motion animated movies were some of my favorites. I watched them with my mom. And holiday rom-coms... I feel like I came to a bit later in life, like in college, probably. High school, college was really when I started watching like the Hallmark movies. I started watching some of like the more well-known ones. I have never actually seen Love Actually. Like there are a lot of the classic ones that I, I just never actually watch. But one of my favorites is The Last Holiday and I will watch that one no matter what time of the year it is. So it's, It's kind of a, it's honestly still kind of new. I'm still watching a lot of the kind of standard fare in the holiday rom-com canon. 
Yeah, I've never seen the last holiday. So we all have oh our <laughs> have our tragic gaps that we need to fill. It's probably a better movie than Love Actually. Um, I think when you're a kid, like Christmas is about presents and Santa mm-hmm. and the idea of it being about grownups kissing is so weird. But then you just like hit a point where your hormones kick in and you're like, no, Christmas is all about kissing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's the goddamn mistletoe, okay? <laughs> yeah. It's true. It's like the greatest gift I could possibly get is a man, obviously. Yes. <laughs> Underneath my Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. Straight men are notoriously always wonderful. Uh-huh. That's just what I know. As great as a pair of socks. <laughs> <laughs> Most Christmas gifts don't really, you know, bring you that much joy the whole year through. So a man is actually pretty appropriate, I think. <laughs> Why did you choose the holiday for for your appearance? Yeah, so I really love Nancy Myers. Um, me and my mom, I feel like I want to bring up my mom luck. She's really my my reference point for a lot of rom-coms. We watch It's Complicated on average, I think, every six months. Like my roommate, <laughs> who had never seen it before we moved in <gasps> together, recognizes the opening music to that movie now because of how often I watch it. And so I I realized this was just one of the, her movies that I hadn't seen yet, despite, yeah, growing up with, like, It's Complicated and Baby Boom and, like, Something's Gotta Give. And I was like, you know what? Let me, let me see what my girl Nancy has to say about the holidays. I feel like she probably has some phenomenal aesthetics that I will envy deeply after watching this. Oh, the Nancy Myers aesthetic is so strong. She has a lot of Christmas aesthetics to show. Mm-hmm, that is mm-hmm. like the big message. And the fun thing about the holiday is that we get two separate holiday yes. aesthetics at once. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they meet. Yes. They mingle. Yeah, it's perfect. It was beautiful. I was like, you know what? This is exactly what I needed on this Wednesday night. <laughs> <laughs> It really is a movie about people doing things that I want to be doing at yes. any given moment. Yes. They're, they're eating gourmet foods yep. in their PJs, yep. having wine. Yep. With nice people. Yep. <laughs> it's so beautiful. So let's talk about um, what the holiday is for those who don't know, um, which, where have you been? The holiday came out in 2006. It is, as referenced, a Nancy Myers movie. It was produced, written, and directed by Nancy Myers. So this is like a Nancy vehicle. Like, Nancy (laughs) is the holiday. (laughs) And Nancy Myers actually had Cameron Diaz and Kate Winslet in mind for the lead lady roles while she was writing the script. So she, like, had a clear vision of who Amanda and Iris were. And she got Cameron Diaz and Kate Winslet to agree. I mean, when you're Nancy Myers, you can just write a no. movie for Cameron Diaz and Kate Truly. Winslet. And they'll be like, all right. She's like Natasha Richardson. We're going to put her with Dennis Quaid. And we're all going to be like, yes, please, more. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> no one can argue with her vision. <laughs> I mean, and yeah, she certainly has vision. Jack Black and Jude Law are both not typical rom-com leading men mm-hmm. and yet she like pushed them to break out of their normal genres like Jude Law I think was more known for his like dark and moody yeah. roles I think he was actually I read that he had to be told to smile more while they were <laughs> filming this because he was so not used to filming comedy which is hilarious uh, his resting bitch face yeah exactly and Jack Black obviously is more just like a straight comedy guy, mm-hmm. not not a romantic 
hero. But Nancy had a vision and she she followed through. She is yeah. just incredible at figuring out who's going to have chemistry with each other, even if you wouldn't put them in a room together necessarily. I like, I have an issue with this movie, which is that I don't think that Kate Winslet and Jack Black have chemistry. I don't wow. see it. They leave me completely cold. I'm glad that we're going to bring both perspectives here because <laughs> I'm still just like, why Jack Black, Nancy? Like, you had the power. Snap your fingers and get us Paul Rudd or something. Yeah, I have very mixed feelings. I do think Paul Rudd would have been a better choice. And yet Jack Black and Kate Winslet just sell it for me they in, in a way that I can get into it. So we will we will discuss this further yeah, after we more. recap. Okay. Um, but also, yeah, like we said, this is a Nancy Myers joint. She is a, like Nora Ephron, kind of a queen of rom-coms, a real... I'd say like master of the genre that she has chosen to work in. And in 2006, she told comingsoon.net that when she decided that she was going to make her, uh, like spend her life making films, rom-coms were the genre she most appreciated as an audience member. Quote, I like writing about women. I like writing about how men and women relate. I like diving into stuff that has happened to me in my work. And so far it has translated because I get a lot of, that was me. How did you know? And I feel like that really speaks to Nancy Myers as a person who likes to create really cozy worlds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really think of her also as like a little more so than Nora Ephron. Like she likes writing about women and like the worlds women are in. And then the men come in, they're part of it. <laughs> yeah. But like they're not half of it. It's mostly focused on the women and their spaces and their emotional journeys. And the holiday to me is like such an example of that. Like the men are there. They're there. Yes, but, but this they're, is they're ancillary. Yes. Yeah. And I love that. I do. It's like her her female leads very clearly desire romance, but they never feel incomplete without it. You never think they're gonna be devastated and will never move on if this romance doesn't work out at the end. You're like, they'll be sad, there'll be grief involved, but mm-hmm they're not going to completely change their persona and maybe cut, give themselves bangs in the bathroom if this romance doesn't work out. <laughs> yeah, if anything, exactly. like in Kate Winslet's uh, character, it's about her journey past being that exactly. kind of person mm-hmm. from a relationship that makes her like that into a relationship with Jack Black's character who you're like, she's never going to cut bangs over Jack Black. <laughs> like, it's she's true. in the driver's seat here. <laughs> Yeah, this is fundamentally a story about two women who are actually taking control of their personal and romantic journeys after being kind of jolted by by shitty relationships. Like, Mm -hmm. they are quite literally taking themselves out of their normal environments, going somewhere else and being like, I'm going to wake myself the fuck up and do something different and it's going to change my life. Yeah. And that is lovely lovely wish fulfillment and also involves like so many beautiful kitchens and good cashmere. Oh my gosh. So many beautiful (laughs) just like like landscapes involved. Mm -hmm. Just the scenery of it. It's always a fantasy. Nancy Myers is incredible at making a domestic fantasy. Yes. And you don't like you don't want to change your life unless you're it's in a beautiful setting. No exactly. And a beautiful (laughs) kitchen. Um, The reviews of the holiday when it came out were not great. I guess you could say mixed. Um, 51% on Rotten Tomatoes, which I think might be the worst Rotten Tomatoes rating of any movie that we have talked about in this holiday series, although it's hard with like 
earlier movies, like retrospective, start to get in there and change your idea of what the actual critical consensus was. Like the initial reviews for When Harry Met Sally also were were very, very mixed. Like I, I feel like every movie we've reviewed, I've seen critics, often men, being like, this movie is just too predictable. And mm-hmm. and it, that's that so, it's such, such a hilarious a, thing to say about right. a rom-com. Yes. I'm like, that's the genre. Like, mm-hmm. that's what we're working with. That's kind of why it's satisfying. <laughs> it's a genre. I mean, that's, I was talking about this with my roommate when I was watching it because I was reading the reviews afterwards. And we were sitting in the living room just like, they just don't make movies like this anymore. My God. And it's so funny looking at reviews from the time that are contemporary because they're all like, this is just like standard chick flick. Fair. And in 2022, you're like, we don't have this genre of movie anymore. Like, we mm-hmm. don't realize how good we had it at that point right. to have something like this coming out all the time. Because the rom-com has basically died now. Well, it's moved to streaming. Yes. It's not the same, like, it's big budget, same. big mm-hmm. star. Yeah big, you know, marketing campaign. Yeah. Like, The Holiday would not... If The Holiday was made now, it would be, like, disappear onto mm. Paramount Plus or no something. One would and then you'd be like, did you out. know that Cameron Diaz and Kate Winslet were in a movie? <laughs> exactly. hmm <laughs> And it probably wouldn't even get made. Like, I, I think that it's, it's not the kind of rom-com that is really made much anymore. Um, Because they tend to be much more Mm -hmm. mid-budget and low-budget on streaming. Yeah, some of the the reviews are pretty blistering. Lindy West had a really rough one in The Stranger (laughs) um, that, honestly, I kind of agreed with. And yet, I I do willingly watch and enjoy The Holiday. So, clearly, I don't entirely agree with it. Um, She's like, each scene in The Holiday is more annoying than the last. Another soliloquy about how love is complicated, obnoxious. Cameron Diaz lip syncing to the killers. I have an ulcer now. And I'm like, yeah, a lot of these scenes like actively make me cringe, but I don't feel my time was wasted watching it. Maybe I'm just like, maybe I am corny and annoying because I didn't feel that way watching this movie. (laughs) I was just about to say that killer scene when it came on. I I started lip syncing to Mr. Brightside. I was like, yeah, this is exactly what I would do if I was in a house by myself. Yeah, like this haven't we all literally done that? Like I definitely (laughs) have blasted and lip synced to Mr. Brightside alone. I have a video of myself doing this from early pandemic, maybe six days into (laughs) lockdown. (laughs) Yeah, what else were we all doing quarantining? Like, mm-hmm. there is a reason that that still of Cameron Diaz in bed with all of her, like, sweaters and hats and mittens and, like, her tea, like, on that bed is just all over Instagram mm-hmm. because it's relatable and it's almost aspirational. You're like, yes, that yeah. is kind of the, like... As someone who had an infant during quarantine, it's very aspirational. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. You're like, you're like, this is the kind of uninterrupted, blissful alone time mm-hmm. that we crave as adult women. And I don't know. I'm sorry. I just, I don't agree with Lindy. Me neither. Like, I think there's there's this real aversion to earnestness and corniness that I find just... I don't know. I'm allergic to it because I'm a deeply corny and earnest person and I love romance. And you can't have romance without being corny or earnest. And I'm just like, let people be themselves. Let people enjoy themselves doing things that, yeah, cringe. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, it's true. It's like I I find that it's possible to both enjoy it and also be like, wow, this is so cheesy and so predictable and so obvious. Um, And I think that the thing about most of the positive reviews is that they're like, yeah, all those things are true. But like, it's a date movie. And that's what it's for. It it does a really good job at doing that. So why are you mad? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like Nancy Myers knows what she's doing. And she understood the assignment. And this was the assignment. Like, it isn't predictable and earnest accidentally. Yeah. it's That's true. Like a romance <laughs> novel in that it's going to have a happy ever after. That's just the point of the genre. Exactly. Yeah. And like, we've talked about this on the pod. Like, I feel like there has been this desire probably in in response to like that feeling that everything is so cloying and predictable to be like, let's break the genre open and like actually have them break up at the end. But that's a modern rom-com. And you're like, but it doesn't feel good to watch then yeah. in the same way. Yeah. Like that's just a different kind of movie. And also like, what does it mean for that to be like a modern rom-com? Like everyone breaks up now. Like people <laughs> are still having relationships and like staying together forever. That hasn't like vanished actually. Mm-hmm. Um which is why I will never rewatch the breakup and it makes me angry. <laughs> so let's get into our <laughs> recap of the movie. As the movie begins, we meet all our four singles. We catch glimpses of them. Jack Black is composing a score for a period film with lots of kissing. I wish they made period films like this. It's like the couple's literally just kissing for like 15 minutes. And I'm like, where are the movies like this? They never kiss for long enough. Truly. Cameron Diaz is in a car with a man who seems like maybe he doesn't love her anymore. Jude Law is picking a woman up at a bar. And Kate Winslet is giving an opening monologue about how she is just completely obsessed with love to the point of it being unhealthy. She says, I'm constantly amazed by love's sheer power to alter and define our lives. And this is where the holiday gets me because I'm like, that is like kind of a content-free statement about love. It's like, yeah, that's like so obvious and un- <laughs> an uninteresting point. But this is the kind of movie that we're getting into. It's just like love. It is all around us and it's amazing. And it's the most important thing in the world. And also Kate Winslet does some great voiceover work here. I'm yeah. into it. I'm like... Kate Winslet can say anything in her accent and I would just be like, yeah, that's really profound. Exactly. (laughs) That's why they make these movies like Love Actually with British, you know, people with British Mm -hmm. accents so that we're like, that sounds really smart when you say that thing about love being everywhere. (laughs) And Americans are just like, yes, this is deep. (laughs) But Kate doesn't have love. She is in a different situation, unrequited love. She describes people in this state as the walking wounded, handicapped without the advantage of a good parking space, which uh, is not a line that I feel like aged super well. <laughs> so true. But <to> she's... <laughs> yeah. I don't think typically that that is how we're supposed to talk about these things anymore, but she's really feeling the, the pain of being without a partner. And... That's because Kate Winslet, I'm sorry, Iris Simpkins, works for a newspaper in London. She's on the wedding beat, and it's the company Christmas party. And she is struggling to act with basic dignity in the presence of her coworker, Jasper, who is also her close friend and ex-lover. Jasper's played by Rufus Sewell. 
And she is still just desperately in love with her, even though she's still desperately in love with him, even though he cheated on her with a colleague who is now his girlfriend. Rough. Just, um, I'm like, Kate, pick yourself up off the floor. Get off your knees. <laughs> I mean, I thought that I used to act embarrassing about office crushes, but I, I don't think that I would give monologues about it in front of all my coworkers at, <laughs> at parties and then start crying in the middle of the newsroom. Um, she's in a bad state. She's like not doing well. She retreats to her office to finish some work and he finds her there finishing a column. And he says, I have a Christmas gift for you. I think maybe it's somewhere. Oh. I lost it. Maybe it's in my car and it's very sexy. <laughs> so they have a normal, a normal relationship, <laughs> but she does have a Christmas gift for him. And she's already gotten it out the minute he was like, I have a Christmas gift for you. She's like, me too. It's a first edition of a favorite book of his that she got at a sentimental bookstore that they discovered together. (sighs) She has a real Christmas gift for him and he has a fake Christmas gift for her that he he wants to hold over her head. And it's unfortunate for Iris. It's so sad, this scene, because the amount of effort that goes into this gift. I know. And the expense associated with it. I'm like, on a journalist's salary, like, can you really be affording first editions? She also can afford a beautiful, picturesque cottage in the English countryside with 40 minutes from London. So there's something going on financially with Iris. That is so true. (laughs) We don't question the finances in a Nancy Myers movie, okay? They're just there. It's like it's like uh, Pat Fields costuming on Sex in the City. We're yeah. just like, we're going to ignore <laughs> the numbers here. The review I read in The Independent was like, I'm clearly working for the wrong newspaper in London. <laughs> I can't afford a house like that. Um, and his payback to her, instead of an actual present, is just showering her with meaningful eye contact and compliments. Like, oh, you stinka. You're, how are you so great? incredible i don't know i'm doing australian accent now i think (laughs) and then they're summoned away because their boss is making a big announcement with a hot tip for iris the union's columnist that two of the employees are newly engaged jasper and his shiny haired girlfriend sarah see this being the opening scene i feel like it just brings you into the movie immediately because you're like oh no Iris is pathetic, but I feel so bad for her. Like, and Kate Winslet just does really great facial expression work mm-hmm. where she's starting to cry, but also trying to put on a fake smile as everyone in the newsroom is like applauding this beautiful new couple. And yeah. it's just chef's it's kiss. Chef's kiss. I, it, the scene played out and I was like, oh, Iris. And then I thought, have I also cried over someone else getting engaged that I really had no business being this attached to? Undoubtedly. Yeah. Relatable yeah. content. <laughs> That's the yeah. thing. I just relate so much more to Iris's like pathetic storyline yeah. than to... We have all been in newsrooms <laughs> and had crushes that <laughs> were never going to work out. We've exactly. all been there. That's true. It's so true. It was like the newsroom crush specifically where you're just working uh, so closely together and you're like in each other's yeah. copy and you're like, oh, that sentence you wrote was beautiful. And you're like, ah. 
Yeah. And you're and yeah. she's just like, I love the way your mind works. Mm-hmm. You're like, I love the way you're like, your oh my mind God. works. We get each other. Yeah. <laughs> and then it turns out that like the majority of it you just kind of made up in your head. Uh-huh. And you're yeah. like, oh good. But what I love about this scene is that it establishes that Jasper is like the complete scum of the earth. Yeah. And they do this to sort of mitigate, I think, how pathetic Iris is that he is so obviously intentionally keeping her on the line. Like, it's not in her head. He is doing it to keep her invested in him, to Mm -hmm. keep the advantage of, like, whatever emotional support and, like, excitement and flirtation he gets from her. And he, she keeps, like, having this realization and then getting sucked back in. So she has just had this realization because he didn't even warn her that he had just gotten engaged and instead was, like, teasing her about getting her a sexy Christmas gift. And so she's walking home in the snow to her quaint cottage, loudly sobbing. We've got two kinds of people in this movie. Sobbers and non-sobbers. <laughs> Kate, uh, Iris is a sobber. Again, as a sobber, there, there are yep. clearly a certain <laughs> set of people that I relate oh, to more. so true. I was just like, wow. <laughs> the cutscene where it just, like, pants the outside of her house and you hear her sobbing from the outside i'm just like this is me this is me also nancy Myers loves that motif like when diane keaton is just like typing and sobbing and something's gotta give yeah beautiful no it's true and a lot of these actors you will never see doing that kind of on-screen sobbing ever (laughs) Mm -hmm. again it's like every time they do a take nancy's like again i want the sobs bigger yeah (laughs) you're not getting it more it should feel cartoonish yeah So we cut to sunny Los Angeles where groundskeepers are loudly leaf-blowing the pool area of a giant L.A. mansion. Edward Burns, also I think the hot boss in 27 Dresses. Yes, he's um, so cute. Is sleeping on the couch. He then wakes up and heads upstairs where Cameron Diaz, Amanda, starts hurling shoes at him because apparently he slept with his receptionist. Which he keeps denying, but like obviously he slept slept with the receptionist. I think we all understand that from the beginning. <laughs> and he's like, the problem is you work too much. You cut 75 films last film trailers last year. We never have sex. And she's like, nobody has time for sex. Which I respect. Priorities. <laughs> film trailers here. Mm-hmm. Sex way down at the bottom. <laughs> And so she tosses him out, and he's offering, meanwhile, this loud diagnosis of her problem in relationships. He's like, you you always do this. You push people away, and you don't let them in, and they're not even smart enough to realize you're doing it. And look at you. You can't even cry about breaking up with your boyfriend. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, so rude, Ed Burns. <laughs> you just cheated, and you're like, let me diagnose you? This fucking guy. Truly making it her problem that he cheated on her when it's like, if you had all these issues, why didn't you say anything in the first place? Or just like break up with her. Right there. Also break up with her. Yeah. Yeah. She's so selfish and doesn't know how to love. Why are you still there? Exactly. Yeah. Seems like a self-inflicted problem at this point. It's almost like he stayed with her so that he could eventually get her to cry. She's like, why does it bother you so much that I don't cry? I just don't cry. That's not my thing. And so she tries to get him to admit that he's been cheating on her with the assistant. And he finally takes a deep sigh and is like, fine, 
I slept. I've actually been sleeping with her for a while, but like, it's oh fine. It's just God. because she's in love with me and she's 24. I love the little moment where one of the landscapers like looks over at him and is like, dude, no, like, don't no, do it. Don't, don't do it. Yeah. She's like, just tell me. And the grass here's like, no, no. <laughs> He's like, just let me move on. And he's like, I guess if that helps. And then he does it and you're like, well, <laughs> you just dug you your own grave. You did this to yourself, sir. Yeah. If it helps to know that I'm only sleeping with my much younger employee um, because she is in love with me and young, um, doesn't that make you feel better? <laughs> Highly underexamined Me Too component to this whole cheating plot line. And so she marches back out and slugs him in the face. And dusts her hands off. Ethan is no more. And she heads back inside to finish cutting a trailer for a Lindsay Lohan, James Franco film. I love this this movie within a movie. (laughs) Apparently Nancy Myers, because she directed The Parent Trap, which Mm -hmm. was like Lindsay's breakout. She apparently went to Lindsay Lohan and was like, look, girl, like... (laughs) Do this for me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Lindsay was like, I do owe you. You are incredible, Nancy. So, yes, I will do this. I was obsessed with this. Like, the entire trailer motif throughout the entire movie, I was like, Nancy Myers is the most brilliant auteur in the world. (laughs) (laughs) I did, like, a full double take when Lindsay Lohan showed up on the screen. It's so funny. "Mm -hmm." (laughs) And James Franco... Um, no, the, the, the way that she t- turns this into a motif is truly incredible. Um, this movie is called Deception. It's a like a spy thriller, and it's out Christmas Day. I want to say that it is like a week and a half until Christmas, and they are just, just doing the trailer <laughs> now. Yeah, it's a little late. They're cutting it yeah. a little close. Do I they want say. anyone to find out about the movie or what? <laughs> No. I'm clear. I was like, wait, wait, I'm wait like, a second. I hope this is like a second trailer, yeah. you know, like a right before, like a final yeah, trailer Yeah, when they're two. offering more sneak peeks to get exactly. people invested in the movie. They're like, here's another scene that you haven't seen yet. I was, I was just like, ma'am, you're late. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also love that her coworkers who just work from the cutting room within her own home <laughs> are John Krasinski and Katherine Hahn. I know. <laughs> You're like, incredible. every guest spot in this movie is someone who is just an incredible actor. Yes, yes. Also, Nancy Myers loves John Krasinski because he's also an It's Complicated. <laughs> he's adorable. He is. This was before he made his, like, I'm a super buff terrorist yes. fighting mm-hmm. yeah. military dude turn. Before he fell off. I think is what you're trying to say. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. I was like, he's going down a really nice rom com route mm-hmm. and because he also did something borrowed. And um, then he took a turn. Uh, so they are hanging out in her house, helping her cut this trailer. And she's like, we're done. We did it. And now it's time for us to take a few weeks off. And they're like, what? I thought this was the busiest time of year for us. And she's like, no, we need to rest. I, I want to eat carbs. I want to read a book, not a magazine, a book. I I need to rest so that the stress doesn't get into my DNA and make me look haggard, which only happens to women. And women of my generation are just looking haggard because of terrorism and lack of husbands. <laughs> While men like Ethan keep looking cute and having sex with their receptionists. <laughs> 
This is extremely 2006. It's so 2006, and I kind of love it. Like, like I said, I think before we started recording, this is the first time I ever saw this movie. And so I had, like, no association with it. Like, there was really nothing in my head when people said The Holiday. I was like, oh, yeah, I know that movie. But seeing this felt like a time capsule to a simpler simpler time. And I was like, take me back, honestly, to when women could say things like this. And we were like, yes, girl boss. <laughs> She's too stressed about terrorism. She needs a vacation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, I just want to say Cameron Diaz, notable for looking haggard. I think we can all agree. Famously the most haggard yeah. looking woman alive. <laughs> <laughs> and also all she needs to do to have sex with like the hottest man in England is literally meet him a single time. So she's just not trying to put herself out there. I, just, I mean the power she has. Exactly. And this is why I simply cannot relate to her storyline at all. <laughs> but I, I love that she is learning about sleep. She wants to self-care. She mm-hmm. wants to rest. She wants I, to restore. I'm going to say her winter her aesthetic DNA. is really, really works for me. Oh so I'm just gosh. glad she got to leave Los Angeles because we needed her winter wardrobe. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like her summer wardrobe, but in cashmere. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, yes we're, we're almost there. So she gets on her computer. <laughs> While trying to make herself cry, which is the most like, just, like bizarre performance. <laughs> Every time she does this, I like lost it because I was just like, "Hey, so unrelatable to me." I just cried earlier today. Like, it is so easy yeah, for me. Yeah, I cry. could cry. Yeah. about literally anything. But so. her attempting to make herself cry, the faces she would make, just like <gasps> beautiful. Uh, <laughs> It was it was like honest off the scale of like where you would think they would go with something like this. Mm-hmm. It was the volume and the contortions. She's trying to cry. She's like, "Well, that didn't work." Um, instead, I'm gonna Google like vacation and start clicking on the first links that come up. This is she's never, I guess, taken a vacation or heard of anyone taking a vacation. She doesn't know how it works. So she decides that she wants to go somewhere where they speak English. So naturally, England. <laughs> Motherland of English. <laughs> yeah. She's, just, everyone she's trying English to take there. the path of least resistance. <laughs> she's like, like, I go to one website. I found I find one English-speaking country. Time to go there. That's it. Yeah. 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 This is also how I plan my vacations. <laughs> I go, I'm like, where do they speak English? No, I Google vacation and then I click on the first link that's not ad. <laughs> I was going to say, I am shocked that she didn't get like scammed during this because she was not being okay. that discerning about the links she was clicking. Listen, in 2006, there were no scams on the internet yet. <laughs> right, yeah. right, right, right. She's yeah. literally trying to scam herself. She's like, sure, come stay in my giant mansion, stranger. Yeah. <laughs> I no, like real. Just people Knowledge were trustworthy of. back then. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is what Airbnb could have been if we really had a social mm-hmm. fabric, right? <laughs> Instead of landlords. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Meanwhile, Iris is sobbing around her apartment and in a moment that I had completely memory hold, briefly contemplating suicide by stovetop gas. Oh, I had not forgotten this moment. <laughs> That is I dark as fuck. Yeah. What? I was just... <laughs> when this happened, I was like, "Are what? Are we... This is a Nancy Myers like, movie. Is this taking a turn? Yeah. 
Yeah, this is not as cozy as I was, I was like, is this, a, is this a ghost movie, actually? Are we about to get something else happening? <laughs> <laughs> but then she snaps out of it. Yeah. She snaps out of it. Also, I was confused because I always thought that the English were very snooty about how Americans don't understand that tea kettles are electric and you plug them into the wall. And she has her little stovetop kettle there. And I was like, is this a Nancy Myers decision or have the English been lying to me? And they actually do have stovetop kettles. <laughs> 2006 was a different time. We didn't have electricity back then. <laughs> Just gas stove. <laughs> we yeah. come so far. <laughs> And as she is resisting the urge to leave the gas on, she gets a message via her home rental platform from Amanda, who is interested in staying there over Christmas. And she says, well, my home is only available for exchange. And it's like, where do you live? And Amanda says, I live in L.A. And she's like, great, I'd love to go to L.A. And Amanda's like, how many men are in your town? And Iris says, zero. And Amanda's like, perfect. I'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> Tom- and I know. It's like for two weeks. Great. Also, I'm like, it's a 14 hour flight. And like, you haven't booked a flight. Like, when are you leaving? You, yeah. You're leaving, I guess, that day. You have a lot of knitwear to pack. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to buy, maybe considering that you're just in LA and you never go on vacation. Like, where are you getting this haul of cashmere? Yeah, that's actually a really good point. <laughs> She's like going into like the row and like sweeping things. I don't know. Her. She's one of those rich ladies that I feel just has like a lot of clothing that has no use. That has never that been so used. True. Yes. That is so true. Also highly possible. Also, I feel like this feels like it's from a different time because plane travel feels so fraught now. I don't think I they know. would reflect that in a movie, but they're both just like, yeah, I'll just hop on a flight. My baggage won't get lost and there won't be like an incident on the flight and no one will scream at me. It'll just be normal and chill. Mm-hmm. And as they are about to make the switch, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with the rest of the holiday. Can you keep up? I like Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. <laughs> so important. I also just know myself. I, I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party, can get very stressful. And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender, I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. I am so glad that it's finally warming up. And it also means that I just want to have fun this summer and I don't want to be worrying about meal prep. And luckily, I can do something about that with Factor, especially because they have so many meal options like Protein Plus, 
keto, vegetarian, something for every diet. Their fresh, never frozen meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every single week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Make your whole day delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. I love having a few factor meals just sitting in my fridge, especially because I work from home. It's so nice to finish up a taping and not have to figure out what to cook myself. Just look in my fridge and be like, oh, in two minutes, I can be eating mushroom chicken thighs and wild rice or tomato basil chicken risotto or Santa Fe style green chili beef skillet. And they always have a nice like vegetable side. It feels well-balanced. I feel full after, and it's not a headache at all. Head to factormeals.com slash LTSI50 and use code LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code LTSI50 at factormeals.com slash LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Anyone who's been listening to this podcast for a while or even not that long knows that we love article. I mean, honestly, I'm looking around my home right now. Coffee tables from article, that lovely chair out on my deck, article, our big console, article, I'm my bed frame, article. This is an article household. It is. And it's, I mean, it was an inspiration to me. We finally got our first article piece of furniture recently, our new couch. And my husband and I are both constantly just like, how did we live before this couch? This is such an improvement over what we had before. It's so comfortable. It just seems to get more comfortable every day. I mean, it's the couch you dream of. And the reason that we have both been able to find ideal furniture on Article is because Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some really delightful prices, too. Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. And their team of designers are all about finding that perfect balance between style, quality, and price because we all want the best of all of those three things united in one piece of furniture, right? Plus, they're dedicated to thoughtful craftsmanship that stands the test of time and, you know, looks good doing it. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI, and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. And we are back, and we see that our leading ladies are having two very different flight experiences. Yes. Iris is in the middle seat of the middle row <laughs> in coach, <laughs> reading a sad Blackberry message from fucking Jasper. Oh, my God. I was Jasper, like, she hasn't Jasper. even been gone that long, and you're already yeah, this hitting her just up. Boarding the plane, like, like sandwiched yes. in between like five people on either side. The day and after she's you getting surprised an her email. with your engagement, and you're like, "Hey, babe, he's a sociopath. He's the worst. Yeah, <laughs> the worst." I was like, "This is personality disorder territory." Like he literally has. It's been one day 
And he's like, well, how can I reach you? Like, I heard you're going away on a vacation. Like, I'll need to be able to reach you. I've never had a man this committed to keeping <laughs> me on the hook for emotional validation. It's incredible. And she responds firmly, Jasper, we both know I need to fall out of love with you. Would be great if you let me try. Mm. I'm going to give that a five out of ten. <sighs> She shouldn't have conceded that she was still in love with him. There are other ways to draw that boundary, but at least she's I don't trying. know. I feel like, I feel it's like just it was like, so it's obvious. So obvious. Like, with the, no she's right. She's like, know. we all know. Yeah. We all know what's what going on here. I want is. more dignity for her. I want oh, her to be like, I can't. The Iris is that she has no dignity. Yeah. Right. And she needs to yet. go to LA to find it. Exactly. <laughs> Notoriously the best place to find your dignity. You know, dignity. And self-esteem. On, you know, Sunset Boulevard, hanging out. <laughs> all right seven out of ten she's trying <laughs> and it, meanwhile in her first class recliner amanda true to her word has stacked every major book from the past decade <laughs> next to her on the plane before immediately putting her eye mask on and going to sleep for the entire flight this is the only this, time i related to amanda oh <laughs> uh, yeah i was like i love this and it, i also just like deeply want to fly first class it looks so nice oh it looks really so nice, nice. I, that's that's why they pay the big bucks but here's <laughs> the thing why why unpack all of the books right before you go to sleep aesthetic she was trying to figure out which one she was going to read <laughs> <laughs> what if there's turbulence while yeah. you're asleep and you yeah that's gonna go very wrong all those books like the corrections are going like flying a hitting a man Gosh. in the head and like seven rows back <laughs> She was like, I'm going to read by osmosis. If this is next to me, the plot will enter my head and I will come out the other side of this 14-hour flight having read these books. Exactly. Honestly, yeah, that is the function that my nightstand serves as well. <laughs> I was like, I'm, y'all are dragging her, but this is just what my room looks like. No, I'm, I was no. going to say, I'm literally looking over at my desk and there is just a pile of books mm -hmm. right next to my laptop and I have half read a few of them yep. <laughs> i i am not dragging the pile just the location because when <laughs> i take 17 fair. books on a plane i only take out one at a time <laughs> yeah that's a lot of my that is fair she didn't know what she had bought <laughs> no you're right she needed to decide this was a big decision her first book in like 20 years and she needed to take it she needed to sleep on it mm -hmm. she needed to look at them all and then sleep on it and soon they're arriving at each other's homes and Amanda is dropped by the cab far away because it's not very car accessible sometimes Yeah, in the movie. This yeah. is rude. I was like, You're, she clearly has to walk like a mile and a half down that lane. I was also just like, there are multiple cars going to this house throughout this movie? <laughs> yeah. And like, at some point there's a cab that picks her up from this house. But no, this by driver, I this man. driver is being unreasonable. <laughs> is there like, a deleted scene where they explain this? Because sometimes the car can't get there and other times cars just go there. It doesn't they never yeah. explain I why. He was just like, like it's gonna be hard for me to turn around on this lane. And I was like, I feel like there's some kind of weak. roundabout situation happening. Also, probably like, have we not all done some tight you know, three exactly. plus point turns. Like you that's a thing. In a picturesque small town, 40 minutes from London, you should be used to this shit. You should be used to exactly. lanes. <laughs> this is like his whole job. Exactly. Driving a car through lanes. Yeah. So 
No one was. She has to walk down like a two mile snowy lane in her stiletto pumps. Always when you have like the fish out of water, like city girl who shows up in the country, she is wearing stiletto pumps. I'm like, who wears stilettos on a plane? First of all, who wears stilettos? Period. Yeah, who wears stilettos? Period. But like, especially. I mean. On a plane. This was 2006. That's People true. were wearing stilettos. You're right. Especially the Amandas. That the, I wasn't. I was wearing <laughs> ballet flats in every oh, situation. War flashbacks. Meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, Iris is being deposited at the gates to Amanda's mansion. I guess she never asked for like any photos or anything. She she didn't know what to expect. Iris was just so desperate to get the fuck out that she was like, whatever. And she like... She wins big. It worked out for yeah. her. <laughs> she she gives a performance in the next in the ensuing scene that is like a bachelor contestant who's been told like jump around at the resort and be like this is such a cool place to fall in love and that's what she's just like oh my god ah! honestly like, I would ah! react that way too if I showed up to like an Airbnb situation and I discovered that it was a giant mansion with a Nancy Myers kitchen a pool and like the the most bougie blackout curtains that come mm-hmm. down with a button like i would be screaming too frankly uh, there's a screening room in that in that mansion it's just beautiful if i exchanged my picturesque small london esque cottage, cottage for this for free after getting yeah. my heart broken i would yeah. be like big win big win biggest win possible <laughs> i would also react exactly <laughs> I missed it. I just love Nancy Meyers' characters because they emote so much that Mm -hmm. it's like, I would have that reaction on the inside, but I'd probably be like, whoa, this... Yeah. (laughs) Like, there's no audience there, but they're always like, whatever I'm feeling, you're going to hear it at 50 decibels. It's on my face. Mm -hmm. You're (laughs) going to see me jump into this bed face first. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, There's no mystery about it. Amanda is a little bit less sold on her new home, but she she gets to know it. She she evaluates the tiny bathtub and the tiny closet. And then she takes the car out. The tiny little Mini Cooper. <laughs> immediately almost killing like 15 people. No sweat. And then casually drinks from a bottle of red wine while grocery shopping. Yeah, which... Not the best when you're already on unsteady ground with the driving. But I do <laughs> love this grocery shopping scene because she's just like grabbing every English treat in mm-hmm. every aisle and dumping them into her cart. And she has that peak Cameron Diaz exchange with the woman checking her out where the woman's like, oh, someone's having a party. And she's like, uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> and just drinking by yourself. I love it. Honestly, yeah. this scene just made me miss Cameron Diaz as an actress. I fully respect her retiring. I was I'm I, I admire her doing that, but there's just something about her that's just so fun to watch. You're like, I always believe that you're a little bit messy and you're always living <laughs> your best life. Just <laughs> no one else does it like that. <laughs> She's definitely she's definitely got that energy. I I'm the Cameron Diaz hater in the chat. I I don't see her like I I I have nothing against her, but like I don't respond to her charms. Mm. So she always just kind of leaves me cold. But I I want to be her so much at various points in this movie that that kind of carries me through. Like I'm like yeah, I like to drink wine while buying like soft cheeses. Yeah, I was like this grocery yeah. haul looks wonderful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
This would be on a TikTok and, right now of like, I just got <laughs> broken up with by my boyfriend and I decided yes. to spend two weeks in London on a whim. Here's what I got at the grocery store. Oh my God. And it would go fucking viral. It would go viral. And then she would TikTok every single day of what she's doing in this small London town. And yeah. yeah. Heartbroken American yes. in Surrey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I kind of wish it was a TikTok now. I want to see that. <laughs> she... Having, like, chugged half a bottle of red wine, I guess, drives home without incident, lights a fire, and then we have the iconic putting on a CD of Mr. Brightside. <laughs> Dancing on the bed. Mm-hmm. Drinking the wine. She also has, like, a bottle of Pepsid just on the <laughs> nightstand, which is... So that relatable. That is the most relatable moment to me. <laughs> I love her forward thinking because I am 34 and I still will not think about how I need Pepsid until it's too late to get it. <laughs> that is. And I was like, when she just respect. brought out the acid reflux medication, I was like, again, we are the same. I relate more to Iris <laughs> and her desperation, but from a bodily perspective, yeah, <laughs> hot yeah. girls with tummy issues. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The, our gastrointestinal tracts mm-hmm. um, are the same. Yeah. <laughs> And she even tries to read a book. Um, This is the first and last time we see her actually try to read the book. And I'm going to say maybe she just doesn't like reading. Well, she's too busy taking a lover. Okay. She has more important to do. (laughs) Like Bone Jude Law. Which I would also not read. (laughs) Yeah. That's true. You're like, read the corrections or bone Jude Law. Like, this is not a difficult choice. If someone was like, you will lose the ability to read to bone Jude Law in 2006, (laughs) I would have been like, yeah, fine. I don't need to read. I'll be leaving the show. Seems fine. (laughs) (laughs) The the thing that gets me, though, is that it's not that Jude Law displaces her plans of reading. It's that after, like, six hours of trying to amuse herself with all her books and the killer's CDs... She's like, this sucks. I'm leaving. This was a huge mistake. I hate it here. Yeah. She's like, uh, I left my mansion. This is for rustic. This? It's yeah, cold outside. No, I was like, Cameron, give it at least 24 hours. Like, yeah. Like, girl, what are you doing? It's like you came to a small cottage in Surrey at Christmas time and expected what? Like, you're like this is literally the reason you're here. Yeah. To just soak in that adorable soaking tub oh, and yeah. sit with your tray in bed and eat soft cheeses and take Pepsid. Like, this is <laughs> a good life. This It gets me mad because, you know, I, again, I have a toddler. I would love nothing more <laughs> than two weeks alone in the most beautiful cottage you've ever seen and a stack of books and endless wine. And like, I may never have that again. And she doesn't appreciate it. She's ready to throw it all away. Yeah, you're it like, is this is true. offensive to me. <laughs> she doesn't appreciate the finer things in life at first. But you know, mm-hmm. that's that's her that's growing a- point. Exactly. Yeah. She has to go on a journey. She's going to have to learn to read when she falls in love with a book editor. Mm. So Wow, I didn't even... She doesn't read, but she falls in love with a book editor. I did not even yeah. catch that. <laughs> <laughs> he's what gonna, do they he's talk about? <laughs> they don't talk. They have sex. You're so right. That's You're so right. Thing. I'm sorry. I'm focusing on the wrong things here. <laughs> they do sometimes appear to be talking as there are like various music montages <laughs> happening true. over them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, the dog is still like 
Iris has a dog and the dog is just there. And that seems like a pretty significant task to like not really mention in your initial messages. Like dogs require a lot of care. And it's almost like the dog is just like a throw pillow. Like the dog is just in the cottage. Yeah, no one seems very concerned about the dog. (laughs) I don't know. Also, she was just going to leave the dog for a week and a half by itself. This is why you don't let someone come to your house to dog sit without like having some pretty clear conversations about it. Meanwhile, in LA, there are no pets, but there is a swimming pool and a huge DVD library. So Iris is taking advantage of all of these amenities when the front gate rings and it's Miles, otherwise known as Jack Black, and his hot girlfriend who hates him, Maggie. Shannon Sossman. Yeah. Miles works with Ethan, who is also a film composer. And so he's here, of course, to pick up Ethan's laptop. As he is telling Iris about this, the wind blows something into her eye. And Miles seductively plucks it out, explaining to her that it's because of the Santa Ana winds, which mean anything can happen. She's like, anything. show me the lie claire yeah (laughs) claire you're saying this in the most like skeptical voice and meanwhile i'm just like oh my god anything could happen this happened love plucked that out of her little eyelash and i was just like oh my god like this is the difference between being like physically attractive and like being hot because like jack black not necessarily someone i would like pass on the street and be like oh my god wow but then someone just has a vibe and you're like wait there's something there this is like a peak jack black moment in this movie like the the problem for me with jack black jack black in this movie is that he starts to get more jack blacky and starts doing like tenacious d riffs and stuff yeah and i'm like no i want this jack black who's like very like embodying a a different a sort of comic restraint and like accessing like a more sensitive side and you're like oh i do suddenly see his sensitive romantic side and like he does have moments of of real charm and like i see why nancy myers cast him Mm mm-hmm and I just wish she had cut all of his little little Jack Black bits. He simply could not, <laughs> no, could oh, not help himself. That was a contractual <laughs> obligation that Nancy Myers had to fulfill. He was like, I have to be able to do some kind of voice riff or else yeah. I'm yeah. not doing this movie. And she was like, all right. He's like, I have to must. keep the brand strong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Um, he's got to look out for himself. Back in Surrey, there is a sexy home invasion occurring <laughs> which Cameron Diaz terrifyingly wakes up in the middle of the night to just a man loudly pounding on the door demanding to enter the home. She is, like, insanely chill about this. Like, this is chilling. This is the kind of thing that I would, like, hide under the bed and, like, try to wait for him to go away and be, like, legitimately terrified. Things were different in 2006. <laughs> I know. I know. I know this is a rom-com, but I'm like, don't answer the door, girl. <laughs> like, no, truly, you're in the middle of yeah. some vast fields. There's really no the one car, around you. Your car service couldn't even get to this house. Like, don't let a stranger in. <laughs> but luckily, it's Jude Law, also known as Graham, who is Iris's brother. And he is 
quite pissed from a night at the pub. Inordinately pissed. (laughs) And he doesn't know that Iris is away because I guess she couldn't leave a message for her brother who lives nearby and often crashes on her couch that she would be gone for two weeks. Well, she called him and he didn't answer. So that's that. (laughs) They had voicemail in 2000. I was just like... Um, they also had text messages. Like, she has a BlackBerry. He has a phone. There was a way to get in contact with him that didn't involve catching him on the phone. I understand missing the call, but... What if you thought you were up. (laughs) They, like, couldn't figure out a way to make it make sense that she hadn't told him. So they were just like, whoops, (laughs) I missed the call. Don't think so. They were like, skip it, skip it, bye. Okay, he's hot. (laughs) (laughs) And he he says, you know, yes, I when I frequent the local pub, I, I crash on the couch. And she offers him a drink, and they share a glass of brandy. They're flirting a little bit. He's like, can I stay on the couch, even though you're a strange woman? And she's like, yeah, you can stay. They say goodnight, and... He just sort of, like, casually gives her, like, a full-on mouth kiss. Yeah. Which, I guess... She's into it. <laughs> no, she's into it. I was, like, I love that she's into it, but I also was just, like, what? Is this just how you say goodbye? Like, what's going on here, Jude Law? Yeah, sometimes yeah. you see things like this, and you're just, like, is this just, like, how hot people interact with each other? <laughs> Is, is this, this what it's like to be hot? Because yeah, this is not how life works for me. No, yeah. I've never been encouraged to just like without preamble <laughs> lean in and kiss a hot stranger, just like out of. Nowhere. I don't think it would work out very well for me if I tried to do that. No, it's almost presented in this vague way, like maybe it's because he's really drunk, and when he's drunk, he just kisses people without asking, or. He's just so drawn to her because of their intense chemistry. But it happens. She's like, interesting. This is weird. Let's try it again. They try it a few more times. And then she's like, okay, so considering that I just went through this traumatizing breakup and I'm at a stranger's house, I don't remember the name of this town. You're drunk. You probably even won't even remember me tomorrow. I'm thinking we should have sex. <laughs> She's discovering the concept of vacation sex, and she's loving it. Welcome, Amanda. <laughs> Welcome. She was like, wait, I think I found out what I want to do while I'm on vacation. And it's <laughs> yeah. not read any of the books that I brought with me. It is, in fact, Bone Jude Law, who I met with shockingly little friction because I'm yeah. just a really hot person. I mean... It's convenient that there was just like a singular hot man who showed up to the place where she was staying. Because if she it's was so convenient, intentionally Truly. going to get over her ex by getting under someone else, there were like a lot of far more likely places she could have gone to make that happen. True, like she a didn't pub. Even have to go to she could have gone to the pub. No, yeah. <laughs> she just met him. He was there, and it's perfect. And she knows. I love that for her. That he's decent because he's the brother of the person that he's staying with. She's staying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And so he must be safe and a good guy. Mm-hmm. But before before they they begin, she warns him. She's like, I'm not good at sex. My ex told me all the time. And that's just 
just FYI, be warned. And he's like, how do you feel about foreplay? And she says, I think it's significantly overrated. And he says, you're quickly becoming one of the most interesting girls I've ever met. At this point, I was screaming at the television. I was like, no, 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 no. (laughs) No, no. Oh, oh, 2006. 2006. When women being sex positive was like, I don't even need to be pleasured at all. Just stick it right in me. Like what, Cameron? (laughs) She's a cool girl. She's so cool. Having just come off of watch Don't Worry Darling, where like the most like radical thing is that there's like very visible oral sex. And I was like, how far we've come in what we consider to be sex positive. Because like Don't Worry Darling (laughs) is also not feminist, but like neither of that. (laughs) Right. You're like, uh, that's upsetting that Mm -hmm. you think the most interesting thing a woman can be is just not demanding any foreplay. I know. He's like, this is, sounds great. Like, she's she's going to make sex a lot easier for me. And I'm like, I don't think this is making Jude Law come off as well as you think it is. It's, yeah, it's this, was a, this was a misstep. Didn't I guess it. that she was bad at sex before by not liking foreplay enough, <laughs> which is a common complaint men have about sex with women. I was just like, I thought his his response, because I was I've read romance novels, was gonna be like, you just haven't been doing it right. But no. Yes. Right. But no, he's like yes. nice. He's like sick. <laughs> and that is yeah. why I love romance novels mm-hmm. because then they get to like learn about new like exactly. forms of pleasure that they never imagined. Yeah. And like embrace their sexual needs and not downplay them for men's convenience. Mm-hmm. But that's not <sighs> what happened here. <laughs> Yeah, no, they just cool have girl. apparently foreplay free <laughs> sex, which sounds uncomfortable. From listen, <sighs> it works for them. The next morning, they're like, "That was amazing," but they immediately both try to blow each other off. And she's like, "It's fine. I just wanted sex that one time. It's done. I'm not going to fall in love with you." And he's like, "Are you sure? I tend to hurt women by being myself." Like again, Jude Law, <laughs> fuck right off he's like are you sure you're okay because i'm amazing and women just fall over themselves to be with me so just checking in again i don't believe you when you say you just wanted to have sex with me i was like okay you're self-aware to know that you hurt women but not enough to not do that Right. right. He's like, What's- I won't identify any actual behaviors <laughs> that I could control. It's just my aura. <laughs> I just have rancid vibes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, he's like, he's doing this like post-marital, as we as we later learn, like romp through this singular pub <laughs> in this small town. And apparently just, like, breaking hearts left and right, doing one-night stands. How is anyone left who doesn't, like, want him dead? (laughs) That's why he has to fuck tourists now. It's true. He's run through the local pool. (laughs) And he's like, anyway, I... I always fail to call after first date, but what if I wanted to call you? And she's like, no, I don't think so. And he's like, well, if you change your mind, I will be at dinner at the pub with my friends tomorrow night. Come join us. But she has made up her mind already. This was a mistake. And she's headed to the airport to leave England when one of those classic trailers plays. Amanda wasn't looking for love, but that doesn't mean it didn't find her. I feel like trailer aesthetics have also changed since 2006. So they gave me such a warm, Mm -hmm. nostalgic feel. I, again, I love this motif. 
so much. It is something that truly only Nancy Myers would do and that no movie would do right now because it's too corny. But I'm like, bring this back. Like, it's so fun. I love it. It's so, it's so fun. I love, I love how, like, the, the tropes of of movie making and storytelling mm-hmm. are just like woven through both of their journeys to yeah. find love. Oh yeah, like, they're like, guided all, by all the of the characters. Of movies. Are storytellers in yeah. some capacity. Meanwhile, in Los Angeles, Iris is having her own very two thousand six musical interlude, jamming out and air guitaring to Jets. Are you going to be my girl <laughs> in bed? I love it. She's just laying down, fully air guitaring in mm-hmm. recline. It's so charming. Kate Winslet is just so charming. She is. She was kind of giving like young Emma Thompson in this movie, which I Ooh, really yeah. love. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, I love oh, Emma Thompson. So delightful. Truly. When she gets a phone call and it's from Jasper because it's been like a day and a half and he hasn't gotten any hits to his ego yet. He's having problems with his book and he needs some Iris. She's the only one who can help. He says, you know, you're my little survival kit. There is nothing worse than a writer guy who just like asks for free editing labor. (laughs) Like I have seen men pull this move (laughs) to friends of mine. Like just we're not dating. I know you're into me, but can you read my thing? And like. This is offensive. It's so offensive. Also, I'm sorry, the phrase, you're my little survival kit, is an immediate ick. No, I'm like, this works on you? Full (laughs) ick. Truly. Yeah. But if you're in love with someone, like, to just hear that you're essential to them. Like, yeah. yeah. It is. It's intoxicating. She's just searching for, like, any sign that he wants her. And so he knows exactly how to do it. That is the exact thing that, like, the guy says to you that, like, makes you cave because you need to feel needed by him. And then you tell your friend. And she's like, yuck. Yeah. Yeah. He sucks. awful. It's true. And you're like, oh, I didn't really see it that way. I think he just, like, really cares (laughs) about me. Thank you for bursting my bubble, I guess. (laughs) And then he starts, like, trying to have phone sex with her. And then just when she's succumbing to, like, reminiscing about all the times that she wore her little red bikini with him, he rushes her off the phone. He's like, oh, sorry, just got to Soho House. (laughs) This man was clearly, like, in a cab. In a car. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And so she heads out for a drive. Um, She's also driving on the wrong side of the road, but she never kills anyone (laughs) or comes close because she is just, she's dependable. She's Iris. And she sees her elderly neighbor wandering in the street with his walker. And so she takes him home. He has, it seems like, a, a, a little bit of mild, mild memory loss. But mostly he's just, like, generally infirm. Mm-hmm. And he needs help around the home. So they quickly become friends. She takes him out for dinner. She hears all about his many years as a screenwriter in the golden age of Hollywood she like and... walks into his house and sees like an Oscar mm-hmm. statuette and a Golden Globe, and oh, he's a big deal. He's a big deal. Yeah. Also, I want to say Eli Wallach turned ninety while they were filming this movie, and that is so incredible. And I was reading apparently Nancy Myers had to keep giving him direction to like act older because <laughs> he was in like really good shape at the time, yeah. and he was, she was just like, "You're too with yeah. it, Eli." I. 
I love this storyline. I cannot stress enough how much I love it. Mm-hmm. I think it's like, it really goes to show, like, A, we don't get enough, I think, cross-generational relationship representation in mm-hmm. media in general. Like, those relationships are so affirming and also just, like, give you so much knowledge you otherwise wouldn't have. But also just, like, goes to show, like, what relationships can be so healing when you're at a dark time in your life and they aren't necessarily romantic. Like, obviously yes. it's a rom-com, but the relationship between her and this the screenwriter is almost more important to her growth as a character throughout the movie than anything that happens with Jack Black. And it's almost, yeah. I think, why Jack Black's casting, even though I'm, like, still sort of torn about it it like it doesn't matter as much because she yeah. has this whole other plot mm-hmm. with Eli mm-hmm. Wallach and yeah he is sort he of is, her vehicle it's like for the growth. real love story yeah. yeah that she has in this movie that like he does fulfill that role that Jasper had for her of like a writer she admires mm-hmm. who respects her mm-hmm. and thinks highly of her capabilities and So that is, like, healing for the part of her that's always, like, craving Jasper's approval. And he's like, you can be more than this. He's, she, she hears, she confides in him about her heartbreak. And he's like, you're acting like a best friend, but you're a leading lady. I love that line. (laughs) When she says, I've been in therapy for three years. And this, (laughs) you said that more clearly than anything my therapist has ever said. Which is also so real because your therapist never says anything clearly. They want you to come to it like yourself, which I hate. I'm like, tell me what's going on. (laughs) I love to imagine my therapist being like, your problem is that you're acting like a best friend and Mm -hmm. you're a leading lady. Like it simply (laughs) would not happen. (laughs) No. But sometimes that's what you need. It is. And so he starts giving her lists of classic movies to watch, all with, of course, classic leading ladies, classic heroines who have gumption. And she's struck by this. She's I love like, the word gumption. They all have so much gumption. And she, so she's also found through him like a new model of what kind of woman mm-hmm. she can be. Um, he also describes to her what a meat cute is, which I just, <laughs> I love a meat cute being described in a movie that is such a genre piece. It's just, Nancy Meyer demonstrates, like, a really strong awareness of what, like, genre and trope she's playing on in these movies, which is why when people say it's predictable, I, I don't understand it because she's clearly knows what she's doing. And she's intentionally, impl- like, deploying these tropes. Right. Yeah. I agree. That's what makes it a genre. Mm-hmm. And we all love it. So, <laughs> meanwhile, Amanda has decided not to get on the plane. Instead, she's in the pub, and in a very 2006 moment, Imogen Heap is playing very loudly. Yes, yes. There's so much oh Imogen my God. Heap in this movie. <laughs> I was also like, I don't feel like this song like fits the vibe of this moment. But I didn't care because I was like, yes, 2006. <laughs> Just inject it right into my veins. Right. When I'm thinking like Amanda going to have a drink with Graham again and say, what the hell? I'm, I'm not thinking of Image and Heat being like, so let go. Let go. <laughs> um, but oh, it really brings you back. And apparently that night with his friends at the pub, she drinks more than any human ever has. An accomplishment. While being surprised. Yeah. People have drunk a lot. 
Well, well, at the same time, I'm like, she should be more hungover. She like seems pretty fine in the morning. Yeah, she's, this is a woman who's like in her 30s. She would get like a three-day hangover from this yeah. bender. She's upright. She can talk. Like she's, uh, my voice would be shot, like headache, laid out, puking. If I had like a- as much red wine as she has just like visibly on screen <laughs> in one night, I would not be okay the next day. But she did embarrass herself a little bit. I guess she disrobed in front of him, but he didn't um, sleep with her because she was unconscious and he's a gentleman. So that's where the bar was in 2006. Give him an award. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Where is this man's gold star? Truly. GQ man of the year. Didn't sleep with a woman who was unconscious. (laughs) (laughs) And... This morning, just like the first morning after, actually, he gets a call with a woman's name on the caller ID, and he rushes out to take it. I will say the first time he gets the call, he looks at it, and he's like, Sophie, I'll call her back. Once we find out who Sophie is, this seems sort of troubling to me. But this time he takes the call. And she's like, oh, Sophie, Olivia, Amanda, busy guy. There he is, breaking her heart just by being who he is. She didn't think it was possible. A slut. (laughs) (laughs) And we see him out on the phone, basically, like, it seems like deferring things with the woman on the phone Mm -hmm. and being like, all right, well, later, like, we'll get to that or whatever. And he comes back in and asks Amanda to lunch. He's like, I can't. I'm running out of reasons for us not to get to know each other better. So they they go out, they explore the town, they go to lunch, and she asks him some questions, which I guess is now an interrogation. And he's like, you need to calm down with all these questions you're asking Stop me. asking me, like, what I do for work. <laughs> Men so hate good. that on dates. <laughs> Men hate to be asked about themselves on dates. Yeah, <laughs> notoriously. Well, she's asking, but, like, wrong with, like, too mm-hmm. much curiosity. True. And so she learns he's a book editor, and his mom was also a big-time book editor at Random House, Nepo Baby. <laughs> and <laughs> OG <laughs> Nepo Baby over here. <laughs> and then he learns that she owns her production company because, like, now she knows he has a strong working mom. Like, he won't be intimidated. And he's like, no, I'm still intimidated because I'm a man and <laughs> women shouldn't own companies. <laughs> And she also shares her her original trauma, like her her origin story. Her parents got divorced, and that is when she learned not to cry. And she has not cried since she was fifteen. I mean, that you God, she needs a release. That's yeah. rough. I, no cry, like not crying and not having sex. Like, there's a lot of <laughs> pent, pent up, up emotion inside yeah. of you right now. I was just like, that's so sad to me. Whenever I hear people don't cry on a regular and consistent basis, I I question how they're doing. I'm just like, what is going on in your little head and heart? It truly (laughs) is such a physical release to cry. Mm -hmm. And I I like, I'm joking, but I mean it sincerely. Like it says so much about this character and her complete Mm -hmm. disconnect from From her emotions. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's cleansing. And she knows that, like, maybe it would 
it would be a release. That's why she keeps trying. We see her like, know. pacing the yeah. field. That's, that's why it's so it. sad. Yeah, it's not even like but a disdain like, for crying, which I feel no, like she some wants people to cry. do have. But she's very much like, no, I wish to cry. I am trying and I cannot. <laughs> it's so sad. Doing Poor like crying. But crying happens when you least expect it. And I frequently embarrass myself in front of my own husband, who knows me very well, when he realizes that I'm crying because I'm describing a commercial I saw earlier that day <laughs> or the plot of a movie that isn't sad. He's like, are you crying right now? And I'm like, I don't know. It just happened. <laughs> it just happened to me. I did see a commercial recently that really made me cry. And I was like, why oh. did you do that to me? This is a Kroger commercial. <laughs> I'm never buying this product. <laughs> and that, oh my God, that reminds me of that scene in Sleepless in Seattle where, uh, Rosie and Meg Ryan are talking about they're in like a newsroom meeting and they're talking about a commercial that made them both cry while all the men just like look on in confusion. Well, you know what? <laughs> men cry after football games that don't go their way. And that is weird to me. So, you know, we all have our thing. We exactly. Yeah. The date dissolves into montages of them staring into <laughs> each other's eyes and laughing and chasing each other through the fields. But at the end of the date, she doesn't invite him in. And yes, he has driven his car right up to the cottage. <laughs> <laughs> because she doesn't do complicated. And he's like, okay, I respect that. We're back in LA. The doorbell rings. It's Miles and also a FedEx package with Jasper's pages and no note. So I have a lot of questions. FedEx? Yeah, why why was this not sent over email? Okay, I was also wondering. Send a word, doc, sir. Just email me. If you're going to ask me to do free labor, don't go out of your way to send it physically. And then go out of your way to not even (laughs) include a personal thank you you for doing this. This man is such a dick. Why did he include the calling card if there's nothing written on it? She knows who it's from. I think because he couldn't be bothered to write his name and it has his name on it. It's a FedEx envelope. <laughs> his name's going to be on it anyway. That's how postal stands, how postage just works. Just to get her hopes up for her to be like, oh, a note. No. That is, no it, I was just like, why did we do this? Why did you waste a piece of your own personal stationery to write nothing right. on it? He paid like 20 pounds overseas, like one day ship, probably to, more. Oh, yeah. Yeah. To more. overnight this to her just to fuck with her head. And it's it's a bad time for looking at pages because Kate is hosting a Hanukkah party for Arthur and his friends. This is one of my favorite scenes Same. in the entire movie. Same. I love it. Just all these like adorable older Jewish men just like having a great fucking time with Kate Winslet and Jack Black. The menorah is just in the center of the mm-hmm. table. And we just on our on our newsletter podcast, we're talking about how there is like a very mixed, terrible history of like trying to integrate Jews into holiday mm-hmm. romantic movies. And like, this is great. To me, this was awesome. Yeah. It's just like it feels just very natural. Yeah. It's during the right. It's like it's just another way to to bring people together, which is really what holiday rituals are all about. And so I just absolutely loved this. And also, I fully believe that these men would have like incredible stories. Oh, and about Hollywood. 
Yeah. Undoubtedly. I love this scene as well. It was just so heartwarming. I was yeah. just like, this is what holiday movies are actually supposed to be doing for me. Is just the romance is great. But again, like the platonic relationships are really what carry you through a lot of the holiday season. And her mm-hmm. getting kind of like integrated into this friendship circle who are all just like, you're incredible obviously and also we're gonna tell you all of our stories about hollywood and we're also you know gonna talk about how much we love women and you're just like yeah do it go for it yeah Yeah, it's so soul affirming and Mm -hmm. also giving her like a great list of movies to watch Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. and she made brisket yeah i mean that to me i was like wait (laughs) she just like threw together brisket i was like this can, Iris can do it all. Incredible. I mean, you saw her kitchen is gorgeous. <laughs> exactly. I love seeing her flex. At the party, we also get to know Miles a little bit more, or she does. Um, he he shares um, that he is seeing someone and that they've been dating for five months. And he's like, I don't know what she sees in me, but she's like the best. And then when he leaves he gives Iris two very lingering cheek kisses and is like, we should see a movie together. <laughs> really toeing the line, Miles. I'm getting and mixed he's signals. aware of it. He makes note of it where he's just like, I'm so sorry. That was a weird lingering kiss, which is something about like Jack Black's casting in this that I absolutely adore. That I was just like, uh, like he's painfully aware of what he's doing, even as he can't help himself. And that really yes. tracks for me with Jack Black. Like, yeah, you know, that is something who's he's... too smooth with Kate Winsley right now, because that, that's Jasper. Like, Jack Black is just wholesome. Yeah, that's true. That's true. They, they did need Miles to really be in contrast to Jasper, mm-hmm. and he is. Yeah. And meanwhile, Amanda is having a realization in Surrey that pushing Graham away was a big mistake. And so she decides to show up uninvited at his home to tell him that complicated is fine, actually. She can handle it. And then she hears voices and music and she realizes he's not alone because his two daughters, Sophie and Olivia, are there. He has two adorable little English moppets. Oh my God, they were so cute. <laughs> and they invite her in where she's like, um, you're D-I-V-O-R-C-E-D. And he's like, W-I-D-O-E. ER. She's like, whoops. I have to say, they didn't want to make him divorced, but they should have because it would explain why he just doesn't have the kids all weekend all the time. Yeah, I think he says at one one point that they're like with his, yeah, they're with their grandparents. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, but like, it bothered me. I was like, this is very convenient. There are points at which he like, is like, I'm going to leave my children at home. And you're just like, um, are they okay? I, not, <laughs> they're like six years they're old. They're so small. But like, this was, this scene, because again, had not seen this movie. So when she comes to the door and you hear people in the back, I'm like, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no, it's about to happen. And then you see these little kids come up and you find out he's widowed. And I was like, unfortunately, this is exactly my type. This is This would work on me so hard. I would be like, wow, he's sensitive. He's a caretaker. Perfect man. He cries all the time. Perfect man. Also, his home, 
huge. Where is he getting all that money? Books editors do not make that much money. <laughs> like Again, I'm saying, like, there's something going on with this family. They got the funds. Like, his mother was a book editor who also would not make that much money. That house is huge. It's like a manor. Are they, like, in the peerage? Like, there's something oh. that we don't know. <laughs> there's, like... Maybe they're landed gentry. <laughs> Yeah, it's he is such like a a perfect man, pro like archetype, yes. sensitive, and obviously, if you haven't learned how to cry all the time after your wife dies, like you probably never will. So he's like become really in touch with yeah. with those feelings. He has two little girls, so he's used to being around uh, women, and so this is in an odd way very endearing, even though it's another complication for Amanda. They have hot chocolate. He does Mr. Napkin Head. Iconic. Mr. Napkin Head is an iconic scene. (laughs) He's smoking a spoon. (laughs) And the girls are just thrilled that she's there. She's like, we never have grown-ups here that are girls. And I'm like, like, your aunt? Your aunt's like, I was about to say, can we talk about that? What, Kate Winslet that is your doesn't aunt make and any sense. down the street and you're telling yeah. me that you'd never have grown-ups who are girls there? What are you talking about? They're like, our aunt is not a girl. She's our aunt. Which, like, that is how children think sometimes. But yeah. also... <laughs> I I always bring the perspective of having been a kid with a widowed dad who was, like, so difficult about his dating. And, like, I don't think that I typically experienced him bringing a girlfriend home as like finally a, a grown-up in the house who's a girl like my mom had friends we saw yeah. aunts and all like i was never like finally like a woman I've in the house my dad an is adult banging. woman ever <laughs> <laughs> but that is how they are in rom-coms because you don't want to have to deal with like a sulky child who's exactly. like you're replacing my mom with this blonde lady unless it's parent trap and then it well, and then it all works out because they get their mom back, and so it's okay for them to be sulky. Um, also, these girls are so cute. They're so like these cute. child actors are incredible. After they go to bed, he comes down. He's like, "So now you know, I have two daughters. One of them is my protector, and the other is a ball buster." And those are normal things to say about my tiny children. <laughs> And he explains that he normally doesn't tell women about his kids when he picks them up at bars because he compartmentalizes and he never expects them to like get to know that part of his life. And he likes to take a little vacation from being a a full-time dad and a working parent who's learning to sew. And they realize this really is complicated. They are worlds apart. A book editor from London a movie trailer maker from L.A. What could possibly be more different? (laughs) They're complete opposites. That is a big-time difference, I will say. It is a big-time difference. And he does have small children. I'm like, that does make the prospect of, like, entering into a long-distance relationship very complicated. More challenging. Yeah. No, it would never work. It would not work at all. Once again, the logistics of this is like the Nancy Myers parent trap where you're like, how does this work out at the end? Yeah. This doesn't make any sense. I will say that finding out he was a widower did make his ability to run through all the women in Surrey a lot make a lot more sense because like who's really gonna be mad at him? Like who's (laughs) 
Who's really going to be mad that he's breaking hearts left and right when he is a single father of two? Well, but again, I'm like, this doesn't make sense. This is like a small town. He's that is there all the time. They should already know. They should already know, but he's like, no, I compartmentalize it. And also, I go through so many women. He's in this only small picking town. up tourists. <laughs> <laughs> How many tourists are in Missouri? <laughs> it's a small community, and he will have sex with every single one of Honestly, them. Yeah, I bet there are a lot of tourists who come through to stay at like bed and breakfast yeah. in this area of England. And I know that because I would definitely do that. I mean, it's also it the town like that Harry idea. Potter is from. So I could see there being a lot of Harry Potter pilgrimages like to Forks, Washington. Yeah, they're like little whinging. Yeah. I mean, England <laughs> is just littered with like, you know, authors, houses, and musicians' houses, <laughs> and Harry Potter's house. So, meanwhile, in Los Angeles, Iris has really become like the volunteer personal assistant of Arthur, and she's helping him answer his mail when she sees a letter from WGA West, um, who want to arrange a tribute to him. And he's like, no, I don't want to, like, go out there on stage with my walker and just to see, like, half a dozen, like, schmucks out there. It's too depressing. And she's like, no, it's great. We're going to do it. It's going to be next week. And I'm going to help you get strong enough to walk without a walker in like five days. This is the wish fulfillment part. <laughs> She's just like, we just do a few little pool aerobics. And She's like, no one thought of this go. before, but you should exercise. <laughs> and that will. We should get you in some low impact activity like swimming. And then you'll be all healed and ready to climb some stairs <laughs> in a week. Like, she has heard of this, this woman who lives mm-hmm. in Surrey and is a newspaper uh, wedding columnist. But he, an elderly, very wealthy man in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. has never heard of the power no. of water I mean, aerobics. he just doesn't have, you know, the gumption to do it because he doesn't have anything really. He doesn't have anything he's aspiring towards. But Kate, right. Kate Yeah, he's just like, really... my, my wife, the love of my life mm-hmm. is dead. And he like, ha- he's just kind of given up. I yeah. think that's what we're supposed to believe. Yeah. But Does doesn't... it make actual sense? Yeah. No, but that's fine. I think we're just supposed to believe that the walker is less of a, a physical need and more of a mental and emotional crush. Mm, um, yes, mm. yes. That's not how disability aids work, but we're, that's how we're going to believe this happens in this work, in this movie. That right. is kind of the level of thoughtfulness about disability that is going into this movie. Oh, exactly. Mm-hmm. Up. Yes. She also gets on a uh, phone tag with Amanda and Graham and immediately realizes that they slept together. So now she knows what's going on back at home. She's like, this is a disaster. You can't just like sleep with women who are staying at my house. That's unacceptable. Meanwhile, Miles is basically courting her. He's like bringing her fancy drinks with two different dollops of whipped cream topping to choose from, which like no one has ever done anything that nice for me on a date. Like (laughs) that's just how he is. Maybe he's just a nice guy. He's, such He's a just nice an guy. incredibly decent man. <laughs> <laughs> and then they do this this very like we had to do this for Jack Black scene. I love it. <laughs> they go through Blockbuster and he takes iconic <laughs> movies and performs the themes Score. for her. Guys. Also, I just love the representation of Blockbuster in this. <laughs> and it's like, yes, I remember how going to a Blockbuster was such it was it was a weekend night event. Mm-hmm. You're like, we're going to go. We're going to walk around. We're going to look at the backs of every single movie. Yeah. We're going to think about it. We're going to talk about it. 
Also, fun fact about this scene, the Dustin Hoffman cameo that occurs during the scene was not planned. He, he was just, just at Blockbuster. He just happened to like walk by and see the film crew and like went in because he's friends with Nancy Myers. And she was like, wait, hold it. We're going to work out a cameo for you. Just give me like an hour. And he just did it. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, because what they come up with doesn't really make sense. I think it's hilarious. I love LA. <laughs> I know. It's so good. What happens is that Miles starts singing the graduate score and he's like, this really was actually just all written for the movie. It was a score. And then you see Dustin Hoffman and Isle Way being like, oh, can't go anywhere. That doesn't make <laughs> sense because no one's bothering him. Like, no one's bothering you, Dustin. <laughs> you can't go anywhere without people knowing about the graduate. <laughs> I mean, you know. It's fine. <laughs> Whatever. I, I thought it was great. It's such a fun scene. It's just like, yeah, they clearly wrote this because Jack Black is here. Yes. But, yeah. So he can go scroodle dude dude scroodle dude. Like Kate Winslet's like buttoned up, kind of like desperate character, just like slowly loosening up through the magic yes. of Jack Black. And you're like, yeah, of course, of course. That's why they needed someone. They needed a funny guy for yeah. her to to loosen her up and show her the that romance is also about laughing and having fun and not pining and self-harm and and it's also like he's sharing his art with her and like the way that he on he tells stories which is through through music and like dissecting these which we know maggie is not interested in because we've seen her be very dismissive about the scores that he plays it's almost like he and iris are like a better match i don't know almost put a pin in that for (laughs) who could have thought (laughs) Didn't see it coming. Not at all. And then outside Blockbuster, Miles sees Maggie canoodling with another man. Blockbuster is a hub of activity. (laughs) Honestly, we did lose so much with Blockbuster. We lost places to spot our our significant other cheating on us. We lost places to perform scores in public. (laughs) Places to run into Dustin Hoffman. I mean, Netflix can't replace that. (laughs) No. She is an actress. She had been, he thought, on location in Santa Fe. Instead, she was only there for a couple days. Then she met a man and has been staying with him instead. So Iris takes Miles home. She comforts him. He's moaning. I always go for the bad girl. And she's like, yeah, I I have been through something similar. And she tells him her sad Jasper story. And he's like, wow, I... I'm sorry, your story is worse. I'm going to make you fettuccine. <laughs> He's like, you're much more pathetic than me. He's like, this actually, calls for some cheesy pasta. <laughs> maybe I'm not the desperate one here. <laughs> yeah. He was like, actually, I feel better now. Thank you for telling me yeah. that story. <laughs> he was like, I'm sad now, but I know in three years I will be in a better place. So yes. I will you're not the be one doing who needs this. Help. When this monologue happens that Kate Winslet gives about, like, falling in love, I said out loud, no one writes a monologue like Nancy Myers does. Like, no one writes this, like, self-deprecating, like, and then you'll look up in three years and you'll wonder where time is gone. Yeah, it's like, so yeah. melodramatic. Nancy does. And you're just like, that is exactly how you act when you're heartbroken. That is so true. You were like, yeah. this is the worst thing that's ever happened and you only talk in the second person. <laughs> I feel like people just don't <laughs> monologue the way they used to. They don't. don't. But 
It's just like everything is like broken up. Yeah. Dialogue. Yeah. Like silence. No. We Give need us to, more monologues. Bitches need to be monologuing more. <laughs> <laughs> Seize the stage. Take your moment. You are. You are the Shakespeare. Lady. <laughs> Give us a little Oh my God. That, that first monologue oh when she God. references Shakespeare yes. twice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's you see where things are going. So melodramatic. But again, <laughs> who's more melodramatic than a bitch in love? Like, truly, uh, do, we yeah. yes. do we not know? broken woman. Do we not know that one friend? Have we not all been that one friend who is just, like, yes. referencing, like, fucking, like, Rumi? <laughs> and, like, You're just, Naruto. like, centered around one quote. You're like, yeah. this really spoke to me <laughs> exactly. in a depressed state. I was reading Bell Hooks all about love yeah. the other day, and this really, really <laughs> resonated with me. Like, that is exactly <laughs> what it is like to be in unrequited love with somebody. It is, like, representation. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's hard to watch because it's like, I don't want to revisit that no. time. <laughs> Yeah, you're like, this is triggering for me. It, yeah, honestly. Um, <laughs> Too real. So time time passes. Graham and Amanda have sex again. Of course. Miles writes a theme song for Arthur to give him stage confidence. And also a song for Iris using only the good notes. That's so romantic. It's so cute. <laughs> and then it's time for Amanda to leave. And Graham makes a case for them trying a long-distance relationship. And Amanda's like, I think we should just leave it at a perfect few weeks. And, you know, otherwise we'll try. And for six months, you'll visit and I'll visit. And then it'll be too hard. And we'll try to, we'll start fighting because we don't know what else to do. And we'll break up and it'll be terrible. I'm like, you're right, Amanda. That's correct. She's so right. And also she frames it as like, we'll both be traveling a lot. And I'm like, I'm sorry, you're incredibly wealthy and have no kids. You will be traveling a lot. Yeah. You will be going to Surrey like every other week. On a regular and consistent basis. Yeah. No. Also, just the kids involved is like, you could make a case to have a long distance relationship, but with two small children who maybe aren't even in primary school at this point, there is no way that this is going to work out as a long distance relationship. Yeah. There's, someone's going to have to, something's got to give. And it's going to be her. <laughs> yeah. It's complicated. It's going to have to be. <laughs> 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 and so he says, I have another scenario for you. I'm in love with you. I'm not feeling this way because you're leaving or because it feels good right now. I just know I love you. And he says, I know I'm a package deal. And I know my package isn't all that great. And I'm like, are you referring to your kids, sir? Like, right now? Is that, <laughs> is that what's is happening? That what you're your adorable, small British children who anyone would be lucky to have in their lives. Like, they have yeah. a great tent. <laughs> oh, my God. That tent is the tent of a tent. child's dreams and my current dreams. Like, I yeah. want that in my home. I you want was... a woman who's going to be like, I love this package. No, exactly. This is the best. I would be like, I'm. do you want me to move here? I know it's been two weeks, but I can just move here. I can make movie trailers from here. I don't think you understand. Like, I have Fuck already... my giant mansion. No, I'm I don't moving need that. to Surrey. I don't need yeah. that. Also, where is his, where is kids in this scene? Like, he comes to her house in the middle of the night as she's flying off to home, Los Angeles, and he, his children are with him at this point. So this is what I'm saying. Where are they? Are his children at the grandparents every weekend? These grandparents are on call like, oh, I'm at just like a three a.m. Thing. Or does he leave them at home alone? Does he call like his mom and like you have to come stay with the kids so I can have sex with some lady? Like, I guess maybe it's the parents of his like wife who probably do want to see their grandkids a lot. 
given I'm, everything that happened. Maybe I, do they want to be called over in the middle of the night to? Oh, watch I have them no so idea what they're doing in the middle of the night. I feel like he just left them. I'm gonna be on. He was like, they're asleep. They're fine. <laughs> yeah, I, he's like, I have to have sex with this lady. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> and his parents are probably like, he's in love again. <laughs> yeah, but Amanda's not ready to reciprocate, and so. She says, I wasn't expecting and I love you. I'm trying to think of the right thing to say. And he's like, well, guess that's my answer. Let's have sex instead. And they have sex again. And on that note, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with the rest of the holiday. Can you keep up? I like love Springtime vibes are in the air, and when you bring in some of the beautiful flowers that are blooming, you probably want to smell the flowers, not the litter box. But thanks to Pretty Litter, you'll be able to smell those spring flowers all you want. Nothing beats Pretty Litter's ability to instantly trap odors. It's ultra-absorbent, it's lightweight, low dust, and one six-pound bag works for up to a month. Pretty Litter's crystals change color to indicate early signs of potential illnesses in your cat. And if all of that wasn't enough, Pretty Litter ships free right to your door. You'll never run out. You won't have huge kitty litter bags taking up space. And even better, you won't have to lug those huge tubs from the store to your car or the subway and into your house. Our producer Talon has been using Pretty Litter and he just raves about how great it is, how easy it is to scoop how much better it smells. I mean, the health monitor aspect gives so much peace of mind. He's a big fan, and we know that you will be too. Go to prettylitter.com slash LTSI to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. That's prettylitter.com slash LTSI to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. prettylitter.com slash LTSI. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Oh, I'm so happy the weather is finally turning. If you, like me, have been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune, then Quince is for you. You can build up a lineup of timeless pieces that will keep you looking effortlessly chic year after year. Like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part, all Quinn's items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quinn's cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings right on to you. And Quinn's only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, as well as premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for all these staples. I mean, linen is my favorite summer fabric. They have so many amazing linen staples. I also found my new go-to like summer running around to the playground in the coffee shop bag. It's the pebbled Italian leather front sling bag. I can just fit a wallet and my phone and my AirPods in it, maybe some lip balm. Absolutely perfect. I'm so obsessed with it. And the price was exactly what I wanted to. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash L-T-S-I. And we are back. And Miles and Iris are out for some sushi. 
They're like having a great little romantic time. They're both finally single. And you're like, maybe it's going to happen. But then Maggie calls and she she misses him. She, like Jasper, wants to just keep someone on the hook. And so he rushes off to, I guess, maybe rekindle things with her. And he's like, I hope I'll make it to the Writers Guild event, but who can say? Like, Miles, you committed. That's rude. He said I might not make it. I was just like, wait, hold on a minute. You committed to something, A. B, from a career perspective, why? This is a big deal for you. You shouldn't just leave this, like, very like filmmaker out to dry. (laughs) What are you doing? Yeah, I think I think that this is supposed to reveal that he is just so much like Iris that he like forgets what's good for him yeah. whenever the 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 beloved like crooks her little finger. But it does also kind of undermine his whole like he's such a decent guy thing. It's like you did commit to this for your friends and now you're just like, "We'll see if I make it. Maybe she'll have like a really long apology. I don't know. Out of my hands." <laughs> Yeah, it does undermine his character at this point. I'm just like, wait a minute. I understand going to see her, but not coming to this event at the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I got a hard out, Maggie. What do you got to say to me? I got a hard out at four. So back at home, Iris is finally about to read Jasper's pages when he calls and says he sent her a package. And what do you know? It's him at the front door. I'm like, what did you tell your fiance, Jasper? Literally, like, what did you tell your fiance? Like, what? (laughs) This when this happened, I I was like, this is of course, of course, but also the fact that he couldn't deal with her not being in contact with him for two days. I was like, sir, <laughs> you have been in a relationship with this other woman. You are engaged to be married to this other woman. And you couldn't deal yeah. with Iris having two days to herself? <laughs> Calm what down. What is with you? So much. Jasper, uh, he's a sociopath. Yeah. He is. Truly, there is, like, not a person in my life, aside from literally my husband and son, that I could not go that long without talking to. Like... My dearest friends, I will see you in two weeks. We're all having a crazy time right now. Yeah. He, is, he is sick in that. <laughs> There's something wrong with him. Truly. And for her to be like, I need to fall out of love with you. And he's just like, I'm let me show up. <laughs> unhinged. And so she, unhinged behavior. But I think for a second, she's like, oh, maybe this is him doing the grand gesture. Mm-hmm. He's coming to tell me, like, he, he realized he loves me. He broke things off with. Sarah, his fiance. They're literally on the couch and he's like, we should go to Venice together when we get back. And she's like, yeah. And then she's like, wait, but like, are you free to do that? Like, actually, are you, are you available? And he says, I just traveled halfway across the world to see you. And Lord love her. Iris finally has the gumption to be like, you literally did not answer me. Thank God. A breakthrough (laughs) moment for our girl. Thank God. God, this happened. I was just like, Iris, please love yourself. I know. I know. And she's like, okay, uh, no, like directly, are you still with Sarah? And Jasper just says, I wish you could just accept how confused I am, sir. Fuck right off. (laughs) I think she truly has accepted it for a very long time. And she needs to start like unaccepting it. (laughs) Unaccepting it. Yes. Denying it. (laughs) Just saying, actually, you know what? Fuck right off. (laughs) Get out. 
And that's basically what she does. She says, you know what, Jasper? You were actually right about us. We are wrong for each other. Very square peg, very round hole. You've never treated me right ever. You broke my heart and you acted like somehow it was my fault, my misunderstanding. And then she says, you know what? It's over. I'm miraculously done being in love with you. I've got a life to start living and you're not going to be in it. It's just such a satisfying moment. It's like the moment that you, like, you want to have with the person that fucked you over. Mm-hmm. Just like a moment of clarity where you're like, oh, you came crawling to me and I'm rejecting you, mm-hmm. motherfucker. And I feel great about it. Yeah. 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 It's just one of the best rom-com <laughs> moments I've seen it's recently. so good. Where I was just like, I love the amount of self-respect you have gained in a week and a half. Incredible. I, yeah. If only we could all like, grow at that pace. Sell this program to people. Like <laughs> Yes. I want to have lunches with Arthur until I figure my shit out. True. And then she like kicks him out. He's like, what's gotten into you? And she's like, I think it might be something resembling gumption. <laughs> <laughs> and so the thing about this is that she also almost missed the event because of her uh, paramour reappearing. And she is also saved from a character-shattering betrayal of Arthur by this moment. She puts on her pretty dress. She picks up Arthur. She's his date. He got her a corsage. And when they enter the theater, it is full of applauding people. This scene makes me cry. <laughs> Same. It Same. is so lovely. And Eli Wallach is so good in this movie. I, ju- I just love it. Who it's- among us doesn't want to, at 90, have a theater full of people being like, we love your writing. Yeah. Yes, you really <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> it really feels like the actual conclusion to this movie more than almost anything else does like this is the emotional centerpiece of the movie more than like the couples like this moment for him and like iris being there is just like iris being that like mutual support to him like he teaches her so much and then her being there allows him to get over some real hurdles in his life too and i love the idea as you said of that like intergenerational or like cross-generational relationship. And then also just like the idea that even when we're old, we still have things to learn mm-hmm. and we still have growth to do. And that's still that's still worth doing. Yeah. Like it's such a testament to the fact that his life is so worth celebrating, like while he is still there. Yeah. And he should like still be tapped in. And I just yeah. I love that. Yeah. There are still there are still triumphs to be had. And exactly. He bounds up the stairs and on stage with ease. At the last minute, Miles runs in and sits next to Iris. And he's like, it's over with Maggie. It's done. And then he asks her out for New Year's Eve. And she says, she'll be back in England. And he's like, I've never been. If I come over there, will you go out with me New Year's Eve? And she leans over and kisses him. And they're both like, yeah. (laughs) Did it. I'm obsessed with this. <laughs> when that kiss happened in the audience, I was just like, this is so sweet. Like, it's so cute. It, ah, I was, I, I, no one does it like Nancy Myers, I'm going to be honest. And I Kate like Winslet. I, like, why isn't Kate Winslet in more rom-coms? Okay. 
Like, I guess I she's mean, a I real guess... serious actress and does, yeah, like, phenomenal things. Like, get your <laughs> yeah. awards, blah, 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 blah. But also, please be in more romantic movies. I know. Like, she's like, a perfect I want to be able to nominate various actors that I just want to be in more rom-coms. Same. I think the world will be a better place. Oh, I'm just saying, yeah. Kate Winslet I, is 47. Like, this is a great time. Like, this is a great time for her to just be in more rom-coms. Yeah. I hope Nancy Myers' deal with Netflix includes, like, a Kate Winslet vehicle. Oh, I would I love, love that. that. <laughs> We're, like, the same person, Emma. <laughs> so <Yeah>. that completely <laughs> insane. Um, I also, I've always found the Miles and Iris plot so underwhelming, but I think that part of it is intentional because she has always like put romantic love so mm-hmm. much at the center of her life and defined herself so much by it. And that's what has like wrecked her. Mm-hmm. And this is just a much more manageable romance. Yeah, it's not yeah, like dominating her life. It's just fitting into it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't like mm-hmm. subsume her as a person. Like I don't think that right. it would have fit for her to have like a big love in a big life changing love in the way that Cameron Diaz does in this movie that you're willing to like, shift your entire life around. Because she just would have ended up back at the point that she started at. Like her relationship. Right. She already knows how to shift her own life and her own emotions mm-hmm. around love. She needed to learn to for her. Right. That's her growth. And also learning to like love herself. Yeah. Like that's a big part of her journey is like gaining that self-respect, finding her voice by way of making new connections. Whereas Cameron, I'm sorry, uh, Amanda needs to be (laughs) broken wide open by, by amazing sex and and weeping and weeping. And so she and Graham are exchanging a goodbye kiss at the cottage. And she's like, we're not going to do a big goodbye. I'm just going to say, be seeing you. And he says, take care of yourself. She gets in the cab, which again has pulled right up to the cottage. And she leaves. But as the car drives away, tears start to roll down her face. And she starts laughing because she has had the breakthrough. (laughs) The tears are back. And the internal trailer voice goes, Amanda Woods, welcome back. And she's like, yeah. And she's like, turn the car around. No, wait, I'll just get out and run. And she again, in stilettos, because she's learned nothing, (laughs) runs toward the cottage in the snow. This run goes on forever. Like apparently swelling and then like taking a break. She'll take a break to breathe and then the music will swell again. Which was hilarious. She told Vulture (laughs) in 2020 that they filmed this scene over the course of a full week because they had to take her to so many like different fields. And Nancy Myers (laughs) demands so many takes that she was like, I ran seven miles in those stilettos. Oh my God. God. That is dedication. Dedication to the craft. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I would be like, I think by now Amanda would have learned to wear boots in the snow. No, of course not. She doesn't No, she only these are her flying shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Just for the sake of me, the actress, not having to do that, I would try (laughs) to make the case. But Cameron's dedicated. So she finally makes it back to the cottage. She bursts in, calling out Graham's name. He's crying. He's a big weepa. <laughs> and she tells him she doesn't want to leave before New Year's. And he says, I have the girls New Year's Eve. And again, I'm like, don't you always? You are their <laughs> only living parent. That's kind of the only situation. Like, barring exceptional it visits takes a to the village. <laughs> you know? 
<laughs> he just says it in such a divorced guy way. Like, I have the girls that I night. Like, that is not something my dad would have ever said. He had us every night. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, she's like, no, that sounds perfect. She's ready to be a stepmom. Cut to the final scene. They are all at Graham's house. Miles and Iris have come over. And both the couples and both the kids are in their New Year's Eve finest, having a delightfully cozy party. I love the aesthetics of this New Year's party. It makes New Year's look so fun and cozy. Mm -hmm. And joyful. (laughs) Exactly. This is what I'm always aiming for because I never go out on New Year's Eve. I'm like, we'll just have such a cute little party at home. But it's never quite as festive as... Yeah, they're just like casually dancing and everything's twinkling. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Also, apparently they... This was the first scene that they shot. Oh, wow. Because it's the only scene where all four of the leads are in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So this was like where they were all kind of, all the cast was like getting to know each other, which is so funny. Yeah. They shot this first. They did a great, they stuck the landing. I feel like Jude and Kate had a lot of chemistry in this scene. They were doing a lot of dancing cheek to cheek. And I was Mm -hmm. like, you guys are siblings. (laughs) (laughs) It is kind of giving like Folgers um, commercial, Christmas commercial (laughs) a little bit. But (laughs) I'm just like, they just love each other so much because they haven't seen each other in two weeks. That's what's happening. (laughs) And that's why I'm always dancing cheek to cheek with my brothers. Yes, I've definitely been cheek to cheek with my brother at some point in the recent past. (laughs) (laughs) it happens I'm just saying that they look great together and there I I could see it between them but no they're they're brother and sister they're having a big family party and it's like I guess this is what their lives are going to be like all the time now roll credits (laughs) no logistics at all (laughs) (laughs) they're just gonna be in the English countryside Mm -hmm. living in a big they're, they're gonna live like in a big like village style, yeah. like raising the girls together, mm-hmm. having family, family Sundays. Iris is going to make the brisket. Amanda's going to buy some boots that aren't stilettos. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> maybe. She's learned to run in them. That I, is so true. At that point, I she still have, do anything. I have a lot of questions about the longevity of these extremely long distance relationships. Um, Very same. But whatever. That is not Nancy Myers. Uh, yeah, province. that's not her concern. No. She got us to New Year's exactly. and that's all we needed because mm-hmm. this is a holiday movie. No, exactly. She was just like, I'm going to give you vibes. I'm going to give you aesthetics. I'm going to give you a heartwarming intergenerational relationship. And I'm not going to like, I don't care how it, how this works out in long term. That's not my problem. <laughs> Oh yeah, this is such a vibes movie. It's oh. it's all it's yes. when I think of it, I don't even really think of plot points. I just think of vibes, one hundred percent of the time. And the vibes, are like immaculate. English Cottage. Knitwear. That's what I want from it. Yeah, yeah. I don't want a plot. <laughs> so, before we wrap up, should we talk about what makes this part of the holiday movie canon? Yes. I mean, it's very obviously. A holiday movie. Like, this is a full-on holiday movie. Some of the movies that we've discussed during this series, the holidays are central, but this is a fully holiday movie made for the holidays, came out at the holidays, about exclusively the holidays. Yeah. So, there's that. It is very much a holiday movie. 
I personally love this movie. I find it really cozy and a really, like you said, it's a vibes movie and it is, but I think maybe that's why I love it because I just retain the feelings from it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I want. I want to see Cameron Diaz in cashmere. I want to just see Kate Winslet have a journey and go from pathetic to less pathetic. I want to see Eli Wallach just being the loveliest old Jewish man. Like I, it just makes me happy. It does. And I feel like a lot of holiday rom-coms, I always have this overwhelming feeling of like, where is y'all's family at? Are they not upset that you're not like with them? But something about this movie, I didn't think about that once because Eli Wallach was there and you're like, this is a found family kind of situation. And I was like, you you managed to get the vibes of being around a Christmas tree together with a bunch of people that you love without actually having that scene. And yeah. I think it's really effective. And I think that they also, like it makes sort of, sense within the universe of the movie that Amanda maybe mm-hmm. isn't close to her family. She, mm-hmm. you know, or that they're, you know, that holidays are complicated for them because of the divorce and that she's not maybe accustomed to having like a big family Christmas anymore. And meanwhile, like, you know, um, the Simpkins, <laughs> uh, Graham and Iris, they live near each other. They're parents maybe do like there does seem to be family around and they're going to be near them at the holidays but we just kind of like don't have a christmas morning scene for them mm. it's like presumably mm, he's like yeah. with family on christmas true but it's more just like around the holidays yeah. that it takes place so it feels like believable that it would fit into their usual holiday mm-hmm. kind of plans except for yeah. iris who is like taking a vacation from from the holidays and who among us has not had to do that at one point. Like, everyone should spend at least one holiday not with their family. You gotta see what else is out there. Truly. Exactly. <laughs> I I feel like this movie, I've always had this complicated relationship with it because it is such, like, a big-budget Nancy Myers classic, like, Hollywood rom-com. But, like, in a way, it feels more like a Hallmark movie than a lot of other big-screen holiday movies because it is so like much about just the it's so melodramatic <laughs> it's so much about like the 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 tropes of rom uh, rom-com tropes it's so much about just like christmas aesthetics mm. you know what i mean it has those kind of like we're going to wrap you in like a cozy blanket of christmas vibe yeah. that you get from a hallmark movie that a lot of big bigger you know big screen holiday movies actually aren't going quite as hard on that or they're doing it in a way that is more family focused, mm-hmm. you know, but a Hallmark movie is that like romantic Christmas sweater vibe. And that's what the holiday is. <laughs> yes, it is. It's just like a better version of that, which like, yeah. yes, with Kate Winslet. With I think that actors. just fits, fits <laughs> yes. my taste. Like I <laughs> don't always have such refined taste. I want around the holidays to just watch some things that like, make me feel like I'm in a beautiful cashmere sweater. And that's what <laughs> yeah, this movie does. Or like a beautiful soaking tub. And that is <sighs> exactly what this movie does. Oh my, I was like, oh my God, she solved it. A small space soaking mm-hmm, tub. I want mm-hmm. that for my apartment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no one does an interior like Nancy Myers does. No. 
It absolutely broke my heart to learn that that cottage is not real and that it's just an exterior that was built for the movie. They built the whole cottage for the movie, including like the road around it. Like they built the whole thing. And how am I ever going to move there? If it's not real. I know. That's so I know. rude. That is so I rude. Know. Isn't that so rude? Um, Amanda's house is a real mansion. Uh, but I, I don't want to live there. No, me neither. I know. I want the cottage. Mm-hmm. Apparently, there is a specific house in a different town that inspired the design for the cottage. But, like, it's not, not the not same. The same. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Wow. Nancy Myers building up dreams just to just to ruin them. <laughs> just to tear them down. Just to tear so them down. Rude. Like um, the fake any- cottage she made, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I know what happened to those exteriors demolished oh. after the movie so rude oh, no. that's so wrong that's so sad Rachel do you have do you have any final thoughts before we wrap up um mostly just that I'm so grateful that I watched this movie I'm <laughs> I don't honestly know if I would have watched it and I not come on this show <laughs> and I think it's gonna enter like my my yearly Christmas tradition like it really it really hits something deep inside me that makes me so happy I love to think of us as as forging new traditions for for everyone who comes on the show you definitely Um, have that's beautiful we're so grateful that you watched and that you came to talk about it with us because this has been so fun thank you for being here and can you tell our listeners where they can find you yeah, uh, you can find me on Wednesdays and Saturdays hosting Slate's Internet Culture Podcast, in case you missed it, or ICYMI, or on Twitter at Heydenae, H-E-Y-Y-D-N-A-E. Um, and that's about it. And on that note, that's it for Love to See It with Emma and Claire. Thanks to our wonderful guest, Rachel Hampton. Love to See It is produced by us, Claire Fallon, and Emma Gray, and Stitcher. This episode was edited by Tamika Weatherspoon. Our theme music is by Tamar Haviv, and our art is by Celine Chang. Josephine Martirana is our executive producer. If you like our show, please remember to follow us wherever you get your podcasts, rate us five stars, and leave a review. And of course, spread the word about our show to all of your friends. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at claireandemmapod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter and TikTok at Love to See It Pod and on Instagram at Claire and Emma Pod. And you can find our newsletter, Rich Text, on Substack at ClaireandEmma.substack.com. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at Claire E. Fallon. And I'm at Emma Lady Rose. We will be taking a holiday break ourselves, but we'll be back in January to talk about When Harry Met Sally. You're probably already familiar with Vogue, you know, the publication that has given audiences an exclusive inside look at fashion and cultural moments for more than 100 years. You can expect no less from Vogue's podcast, The Run-Through with Vogue. Meet the influential people behind the scenes of fashion's greatest moments, from designers and creative directors to Vogue editors and the woman behind the infamous Vogue closet. Get inspired while listening to the creative processes of people like author Zadie Smith, fashion designer Tori Birch, and uh, recent star of the Super Bowl, Usher. Go beyond the pages of Vogue with The Run-Through, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Alex Schwartz. I'm Nomi Fry. I'm Vincent Cunningham, and this is Critics at Large, a New Yorker podcast for the culturally curious. 
Each week, we're going to talk about a big idea that's showing up across the cultural landscape, and we'll trace it through all the mediums we love. Books, movies, television, music, art. And I always want to talk about celebrity gossip, too. Of course. We hope you'll join us for new episodes each Thursday. Follow Critics at Large today, wherever you get podcasts.